Hi, it's Finn Dwyer from the Irish History Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. While you're staying at home, I would recommend another great show that's worth checking out. It's Unexplained by Richard McLean Smith. It's a beautifully produced and gripping show that looks at unusual and sometimes unnerving occurrences from the past and present. It's perfect escapism. Check out Unexplained on the Acast app or wherever you get podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Mirror Football World Cup daily podcast in association with BetBright. I'm not Aaron Flanagan, I'm Matt Lawless. I'm standing in for our AWOL host and I'm joined, I'm pleased to say, by Alex Richards and Mark Jones. Guys, how you doing? Not too bad, mate, not too bad. Alex, are you gripped by World Cup fever? Is it coming home? Oh, I don't feel too warm yet, but I'm pretty pretty getting there. I'm not sure about it coming home. I mean, it's Panama after all, but I'm excited. It's, it's, there's reason to be excited, I think. The nation, the nation expects now, don't they? I mean, 6-1 win over Panama yesterday. Incredible mm. scenes uh, on the streets all over the country. I think, obviously, the weather are playing a part in that, but mm. everyone's got football fever to go mad, aren't they? I want to know, is it all going to the same home, like someone's home? Or <laughs> is, is Where's it, it going? going? It's coming up. Where's it is going? Does yeah. someone have to invite it round? Or yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, no, it's good, though. It's, it's, it's good fun, let's be honest. Yes, indeed. Um, well, look, let's talk about England-Panama, because... Um, 6-1, a record win for England in the World Cup. I mean, there was a lot of moments you can talk about it. I guess the starting point has to be Harry Kane, the hat-trick hero. Yeah, and he scores goals without even looking as well, doesn't he? Which is quite quite remarkable, the third one. Um, look, he's he's uh, he's obviously relishing just being there, isn't he? And you, you can tell how much he's enjoying it. And um, you can tell how he's sort of quite, quite proud, I think, to be in this position that he's in. And you think about the journey he's been on in terms of um, you know, being loaned out by Tottenham when he was a young player, and I don't think anybody would have would have sort of predicted what he's become. Um, and I think he's a very good sort of symbol for, for this England team, and he is one of the main reasons why there is a, a sort of feel good factor about them because it doesn't matter who you support. I think right, maybe if you Arsenal fans disagree, but I think you've got to have just a, a, a admiration for him and, and what he's doing. Um, and yeah, I mean, two fantastic penalties, weren't they? And then he, he manages just to flick one in without even looking. Um, uh, yeah, if, if luck's on your side, it's on your side <laughs> isn't it? five goals in two games, Alex. Do you think the Golden Boot's heading in Harry's direction? I think if he keeps up at this rate, then certainly. Um, he's got competition, of course. Romelu Lukaku's got four. Cristiano Ronaldo's got four. Um, but... Look, if England are going to go far in this tournament, if England are going to continue to do well, then he is absolutely crucial. I don't think anyone begrudges him this success that he's currently having, even, well, perhaps maybe the most die-hard Arsenal fan. But even like we said that about Arsenal fan, we had Robbie from Arsenal yeah. fan TV do a video for Mirror Football with Darren Lewis, and he was saying, look, actually, this is the one point where we're getting behind uh, Harry Kane. <laughs> well, yeah, it should, should be, shouldn't it? It's, a, it's the point where all, all club loyalties sort of get tossed to the side for a month or so. Yeah. Um, if you if you can't want Harry Kane to do well right now, then sounds wrong with you. Absolutely, exactly. Mm. <laughs> um, obviously, Kane was sensational, but he could have a golden boot rival in his own team in a certain John Stones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he maybe would have if you'd have let him take that penalty. Yeah, you see, let's talk about this because your views at the time were quite strong on this. I, they're not that strong. I, if it were me, if I were Harry Kane, I'd have took the penalty. I'd, if I were Harry Kane, I'd have took the penalty Jones myself. Not having any of this, by the way. If I was Harry Kane, I would have took the penalty myself. No doubt about it. 
But John Stones on a hat trick. Oh. You're you're playing Panama. You're winning four nil. No, but the golden boots inside. He had no, to take. No yeah, defender exactly. has ever scored a hat trick at the World <laughs> Cup before. <laughs> John Stones could be the first. This is a man who literally complained to the Premier League about a goal that was taken away. From <laughs> yeah, he's never going to give that penalty away. And absolutely, he's right to as well. He's, no, he's, I know, but I mean, if if. If he lets John Stones take that penalty, everyone's writing, oh, what great team spirit, oh, what a captain. Or, yeah. You know, he's, he's not losing any headlines over that, but I understand perfectly why he took it. Of course. You know, he's a goal scorer. It's one of those, I'm sure there'll be people who actually agree with you, but I think I'll have to agree to disagree because he's got to take it, hasn't he? But look, great goals from John Stones. Header was brilliant, the first goal. Um, but Jesse Lingard, I mean, his was the highlight reel, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, um, and he had a great game. Um, he's the one who, in I've been in this room a few times this World Cup, and I, uh, I've, I, he's he's a player that I've always thought would be an important one for England, and goes a little bit under the radar, I think, and he's a little bit, um, and again, similar to, to Harry Kane, he's he's had this story where he's been loaned out by by his club, and he's he's built up a kind of. Um, a career in in the championship. A lot of the times he got sent out on three or four different loans, didn't he? And yeah. and he's come back into the Manchester United side, and and he more than anyone I thought for them for, for United in the season just gone could could hold their hands up in in, in and say he did everything possible in terms of an attacking sense. Um, we know Manchester United aren't the greatest attacking team to watch, but he was always one who was a bit of a spark for them. Um, and yeah, he perhaps you know isn't as sort of lauded as as Deli Ali or maybe Raheem Sterling, but. But he's got something about him. There's a little spark about him, and um, and he was excellent. Yeah, it was a great goal. It was very similar to a goal he scored. He scored at Everton, didn't he, for, for for Man United around about Christmas time? Yes, that's uh, right. Where yeah. he cuts inside, and it's obviously a skill of his. Yeah, well, Rio Ferdinand was saying, wasn't he, that he's seen him score goals like that since he's 11 years old. So I mean, he's clearly got it in his locker. Hopefully, there's more to come. Um, it leads us towards Thursday's game against Belgium. Whoever wins tops the group. At the moment, there's some really bizarre permutations on whoever goes through because mm. it's level pegging, isn't it? Even on goal difference. It is. Um, it could descend in the last 10 minutes to kicking one another to come second because then yeah. you get into the easier side of the draw as, as things currently stand. So yeah, um, just explain that for our listeners because if things stay as they are, if it's a draw... It could come down to fair play, couldn't it? Yeah, it could, it could come down to who's had the least bookings, who's had made the least fouls. I mean, for my mind, that's pretty ridiculous. You've got the two teams literally there, just play a penalty shootout at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just just do that. Yeah, um, but it, it, great shot. It seems it's going to come down to that yellow. Let's say it ends nil nil, then that could well be what it comes down to. Um, at the moment, you know, I think before the tournament, you're all saying, "Oh, you want to top the group because you expect all the big teams to top their groups." Um, but the way things have worked out, Germany look unlikely to top theirs. Argentina, if they're going to get through by hook or by crook, um, won't be topping theirs. And they're going to get wedged into the side of the draw, probably with Brazil, with France. We could well be looking at Germany, um, Germany, Brazil, Argentina and France all playing one another in the last 16. It's incredible, isn't it? So, I mean, but you, you can only beat what's in front of you, and that's the point with Panama. We, <laughs> England thrashed them, but they, they were know. definitely there in front of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll for a bit. What about the grappling? That was anything. Yeah. Wasn't it? <laughs> it was like WWE. Wasn't Royal it? It was Rumble. Oh dear. Yeah, they um, they weren't very good, were they? Um, but we, we knew this coming in, though, didn't we? Yeah, we, we started brightly. We knew going yeah, into yeah. the game that Panama were going to be physical, going to be robust. Yeah, they they're going to make up for a lack of talent. Basically, by putting themselves about and making mm. you uncomfortable. But I thought England really knuckled down. after the first few five or six minutes yeah. when they yeah. did actually have a decent opportunity and cut through England one or two times um, down the left flank, notably, and 
got a decent ball across. After that, England really knuckled down, really dealt with the physical stuff and just outplayed them. Perhaps that's a mark of how far this England side have improved because in previous years, England teams would have buckled, they would have probably lost their discipline. So it's great to see that Southgate's side have clearly, you know, as you said, they've expected that coming into the game mm. and they've dealt with yeah. it in a and I think, professional I think it, manner and, and an emphatic manner. They've I think it helps that you had the number of players that have kind of done the lower league circuit, yeah. if, you, if you will. Um, Harry Maguire, of yeah. course, has played in League One of the Championship. Mm. Kieran Trippier has played in the Championship. Um, Lingard's been on loan at numerous places. Harry Kane, of course. So they've kind of had the not the easy road. So they were very well aware of what was to come. It's great. Well, look, feel-good factor for England uh, ahead of Thursday's game against Belgium. But the group stages uh, come towards an end. Starting today uh, with Group A and Group E, uh, Group B, should I say, both concluding. Now, mm-hmm. Group A is, you know, it's foregone conclusion, isn't it? It doesn't really mm. matter. It's um, Uruguay versus Russia at three o'clock. And, uh, well, both teams are through. Yeah, they're both through um, in very different ways. Uh, Uruguay, obviously, very solid and not the most exciting team in the world to watch. Gritty. Yeah. Never has a team been more gritty than this Uruguay Which I quite like, to be honest. I quite like that sort of hardness. (laughs) No, I quite quite like, you know, they're they're a bit horrible, aren't they? And and it's quite... It, it, the World Cup needs teams like that. Um, the thing that w- which would make them a bit better going forward is if Luis Suarez upped his game. But um, yeah, and then obviously Russia have been free flowing, free scoring. Imagine how good Uruguay would be if Lionel Messi played for them. And well, he didn't I mean, have to. And he they, didn't have to deal with Argentina. He's, he's, he's not allowed to do that. <laughs> I know he's not, but I just just think. <laughs> Can he, they not loan did. him? No. Um, and then obviously Russia have been have been very different. They've been entertaining. They've been. Um, They've been good. Yeah, they surprised me. Yeah. Well, so. Again, I whether think, or not, I think they're surprised their own press I as well. Have, I yeah. think their own press were saying this is the worst Russian team we've ever seen during mm. all the competition. But I guess maybe in in a similar sense to we're not too sure because England haven't played the strongest of opponents. Then neither of Russia have they. Um, so this will be their first game against you know a, a, a sort of tough, solid team. Uruguay haven't conceded a goal yet. I don't think have they. So um, it will be an intriguing one. Russia, I think. Will want to finish top of the group for their own, you know, their own tournament to keep that keep that feel good factor going. If they were to lose this game, then you'd worry about them going into the second round because it, it, the momentum wouldn't be there, would it? Whereas Uruguay will just be horrible whoever they play. So um, I think that's, that's, it's going to be the Spain Portugal group, isn't it? That's yeah. the uh, the other one. So um, I I fancy Uruguay to, to maybe just do do a little number on them. To be honest, well, it's interesting you say that. The odds um, from Betbright on this game two one. Uh, sorry, two one, two, one. Uh, two to one for a Russia win. I think that's, that's, mm, that's not bad. Odds and six to four uh, on a Uruguay win with uh, two to one on the draw. I'm interested in in what both managers. Do you play your full strength team? Do you play weakened team or yeah. what? Well, it's one of those groups where actually it doesn't matter if you finish first or second because whoever you face next round is going to be very very yeah. tough indeed. And we'll talk, we'll talk about that in a second. But just completing. Group A is Saudi Arabia versus Egypt. Now, could this be, Jonesy, you mentioned this to me yesterday, but a lot of reports are suggesting that Mo Salah could actually walk away from Egypt. Yeah, it's um, kind of like the final the final act of a, of a pretty odd World Cup for him, really. Mm. Um, having had such a wonderful season and, and it ending in, in, in such a harsh way for him. And you, say odd, you say odd, I say miserable. Same thing, isn't it? But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, he yeah so he uh, as has been quite uh, notable in the media the, uh, the 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 Chechen leader has been knocking about in the Egypt camp um, yeah. uh, a man with a with a 
questionable human rights record, shall we say. Um, and I think, obviously, if you're in the Egypt camp and you're looking to generate publicity, you're going to go and seek out Mo Salah because he's the biggest name there. And from what we're reading, from what we've we've uh, been looking at, I don't think he has taken to that very kindly, uh, Salah. I think he's quite rightly is upset that he's been used perhaps against his will and things he didn't want to be involved in. Sure. Um, you'd like to think it's something that they could sort out uh, after the tournament when it's all died down a bit and, and they go back into playing friendlies or qualifiers. Probably. Um, it's been a long season for him, hasn't Yeah, it? I think he's just a bit fed up, to be honest. He's probably just a bit fed up with football right now. Oh, sure, <laughs> um, and I think he'll want to play in this game, obviously play well, maybe get a goal and then just go away for a month or so and just forget about football. Liverpool fans will just be hoping he just gets through this game unscathed and then he can have a nice holiday, get back for pre-season. Which he certainly deserves, doesn't he? Let's be honest. And I don't think anybody would have predicted this time last year when he signed for Liverpool that the levels he would have reached so um, yeah I think he just needs to play this last game and then he can go somewhere quietly and just go, go and sit on a beach for a bit and uh, recharge absolutely well bet brighter offering uh, five to six on an Egypt win I think that's uh, that's where the sensible money is for that game okay later today seven o'clock Spain are against Morocco and Iran play Portugal in group B the final games there now on paper it looks like it's a formality. The two teams going through both on four points at the minute after their thrilling thrill draw at the start of this tournament. Both it's had the exact same results as exact well. Exact same similar, results. So very similar um, to the England-Belgium situation. Very, very similar indeed. Um, but Iran have three points from beating Morocco. Surely not, Alex. Surely <laughs> Iran, Carlos Quiros, cannot do a number oh, on his uh, native uh, Portugal. I mean, you, you say surely not, but we've seen this Port Portugal team before 2014 crashed out at the group stage. Mm. Um, down the years, even at the Euros, of course, when they didn't win a group game either, got through after <laughs> three draws. Down the years, they've struggled to break down teams who are defensively resolute with a, and then have a decent counter-attacking threat at the other end. This Portugal defence, you know, Pepe's... 34, 35 now. Jose Font's playing in China and he's, he moves like he's 55. Um, so they can be got at defensively. I think the one thing with Portugal this year, though, is that they have improved that attack. You know, it's, it's not he's got the four goals so far, but it's not just Ronaldo. Mm. They have got creative mm. players, Bernardo Silva, um, quick players like Gonzalo Guedes and um, Bruno Fernandes from Sporting as well, who is very talented, Andre Silva off the bench. So they have options up there which means that they can break down Iran in a variety they, of ways. It's just whether they can. They seem to have made it so that Ronaldo has to do less running around the pitch. You know, and, and, and his, yeah. his, it's it's his, what Real Madrid have done. Yeah. Save him for that crucial moment when the ball is, goes in the box. He's just putting in the goal. Um, I thought they were so lucky to beat Morocco 1-0. Um, they they rode the look there and they really relied on the fact that Morocco's finishing was poor. Um, so did Iran. Exactly. So, so, so Iran are going to... Gonna, I mean, Iran's only goal was scored by a Moroccan, wasn't it? And um, they obviously had that one taken away from them against Spain, which was the correct decision. Um, so it's it's going to be a, a fascinating one because I think if it, the longer it stays nil nil, the more you'll see Portugal fretting a little bit. And all it takes is you know a ball into the box, and, and maybe the, maybe the flag doesn't go up this time for Iran, and and, and they get something. Um, it's going to be an interesting game. I have to say that in this group, you can make a case that Morocco have probably been the best side that you've seen so far because I didn't think Spain were particularly impressive against Iran and obviously no. the three all game okay so you probably would say Spain are the best side yeah because yeah. they were brilliant at points in that game but Morocco really against Portugal played very well against Iran in the opener they looked the best side yeah. but then 
just that defensive so weakness. As well in both of They've been games, unlucky. They unlucky yet. Yeah. Um, so maybe on that evidence, perhaps uh, ten to one, the offering from Betbright might not be a bad chat for Morocco to <laughs> to stun Spain. Be a story, wouldn't it? Um, the worry is scoring goals, isn't it? Yeah. Which they haven't done. And um, they really, they've got a lot of decent midfielders, but no yeah. one, no one up front. Because their the centre forward is really they poor. Have, they'd have to rely on some maybe a De Gea mistake again or something like that, which you just don't see coming. No. So assuming that um, Spain and Portugal both safely sell through to the last sixteen, what would you like to see happen? I mean, who would you like to see Spain play? Is it mean to say I'd like to see them play Russia and absolutely batter them? <laughs> <laughs> you can say what you like. Because I, I, all right, the Russia team have scored eight goals and. It's been great and all that, but they're not exciting. I don't don't enjoy watching them. Um, get rid of them. Yeah, Just get rid of them. Yeah, um, it's been a very nice tournament. So and far. I would also, I would, World Cup I would yeah. also like to see. Ever. I'd also like to see Uruguay play Portugal. I was going to say because that could turn into a proper techie. Two horrible. words for you. Two words: Pepe Suarez. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Who who doesn't want that? Oh, you know. God. I mean, there's so much potential to that, yeah. isn't there? I mean. It'd be an advertiser's dream. I mean, <laughs> get your teeth into that. Yeah, exactly. Although, although um, you know, Uruguay play Spain and you've got Suarez, Sergio Ramos. Oh, so, yeah. whichever way you oh, slice it. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> it's music to our ears yeah. and that, that's why we're loving this World Cup so far. <laughs> um, brilliant. Well, look, I mean, great action to come. Uh, what do you think about this World Cup so far? Because I, I genuinely think this has been the best World Cup I can I can remember. I think it's been really strange because I came into it fully expecting that the best teams would ease through to the last eight because I thought mm. that, that Germany, Spain, um, Brazil, not necessarily Argentina because that defence is just dismal, France, that they would all just ease through and be so much better than the rest. That you would have the you'd have a couple of good games like we saw Serbia Switzerland the other night. Yeah, I always thought that would be a good game because it's one that they both need to win yeah. to go through with Brazil. Um, but the way that it's played out and the way that we've seen Germany lose and then be all but out against Sweden oh, only God. for <laughs> only an unbelievable free kick from Tony Cruz. Yeah, um, the way France they've won two games but they've really I I think I've said it twice on here I've been bored by them and I think they're dismal. Um, to watch far less than the sum of their parts mm. um, the way these teams have not really taken a stranglehold on it just makes you think that anybody can win it you know we're looking yeah. at Croatia as yeah. as possible dark horses yeah. very good team mm. and it's just whether if you get past their first 11 and they get an injury or suspension can they cope with it that's it I mean I think for me, for me I've really enjoyed it as well um, I don't know if it's because from a, coming from like a a Welsh viewpoint. I really like the underdogs in, in international football, and and there's been so many good underdog stories, um, like England. Like, well, yeah, well, <laughs> certainly in terms of potentially winners, yeah. But um, but yeah, things like the the Croatia result, things like Mexico beating Germany, uh, even Switzerland holding Brazil, um, just little stories. Like that. And, and Costa Rica held Brazil for 91 minutes. So yeah, the, these those sort of stories, and and then and those are the moments where you. Your, your big players, which we'll see later on in the tournament, your big players stand up and, and they produce things um, when it when it's needed. You know, you think of Ronaldo, you think of the way Brazil ground out of that game. You know, Neymar was still going, Coutinho was still going. These are the moments that test these players. And I'll put Harry Kane in there as well. You know, you 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 want to see the best players doing what they're doing best and what what they're best at. Sorry, um, and I think this World Cup is a very good platform for that because there are very good teams, defensive teams, who are you know setting up shop and 
saying to the, the better, to supposedly better teams, come on then, try and beat us. Yeah. And in some cases they have, in some they haven't. And it's just been exciting to watch, hasn't it? It's been fantastic. This is the business end of the tournament. <laughs> you can follow it every step of the way with Mirror Football. We've got all the games live on the website, on mobile too, and tablet. So follow with us and uh, yeah, tune in for tomorrow's next instalment of the Mirror Football World Cup Daily Podcast in association with Betbright. And Alex, thank you very much. Jonesy, it's been a pleasure. You're welcome. And uh, hopefully we'll find Aaron Flanagan wherever he's hiding and he'll be back <laughs> for the next podcast. So thanks for having us and uh, have a great day. Hi there, it's Caroline Foran from Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please do follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. The sooner we all get on board with these measures, the sooner we will be all together again. While you're staying at home, here's a recommendation for another great podcast for you to listen to. I think we need a bit of comic relief more than ever, so why not try the Two Johnnies podcast, available on the Acast app or wherever you get your podcasts.